Bickley and Murata mornings. Social studies. Brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. It's time for me to turn my microphone on before I start talking. Hey, hey. There we go. Uh, it's time for Social Studies, 9 <laughs> o'clock, Tuesday morning. Sarah's here. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome into Social Studies, everybody. Great to have you all with us. We are on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata, at Bickley underscore Murata. You may have noticed an absence of food-related questions so far this week. That's because Jarrett Carlin is not posting these questions right now. I true. Am. So if you hate my questions, be nice. Um, <laughs> or just tweet Jarrett and pretend like they're his. All right. Again, we're on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Let's start with the Phoenix Suns and a conversation you guys were having uh, a couple hours ago on the show. We've got the NBA play-in tournament starting tonight. The first game is at 4 o'clock and, uh, in the East, and then we're getting – or 4.30, I, I should say, in the East, and then 7 o'clock in the West. Uh, and then we're looking ahead to the Suns and the Clippers series, which starts on Sunday. So open-ended question to start off, whether it's on the Suns side or the Clippers side, if you want to get creative. Creative. Who is your X Factor for this series? Me. I'm going with Tory Craig for the Suns. I'm going Josh Akogi. I said earlier I think he's going to be a breakout player this these playoffs. Just a I didn't dream it. Just a feeling. <laughs> Don't put down. No, didn't dream it. Don't put down money on that. I plumped down five dollars on the X Factor wager. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, can you do that? No. That's. I think it's going to be him. Okay, uh, for, why your pick, Vince? I think Tory Craig is, you know, it was a sign to me that in a game where the Suns weren't exactly treating it with the utmost urgency, he played out of necessity because they only had nine players, but he played five minutes and 36 seconds the other day against the Clippers. I think they're going to count on him pretty heavily, and, and Josh Okogie too, but when you have a team with as many wings as the Clippers have that can be offensive threats... Um, Tory Craig is a, a key defensive cog in all of that and staying with those guys. So mm. that's why I picked him. Wings. And he's been hitting. <laughs> Wings. Wings. Um, he's been he's been hitting his threes a little bit recently. He's had some tremendous games as of late. So yeah, he's my pick. Okay. On the on the Clippers side, I think it's Russell Westbrook. Mm. Who's been really good since Paul George got hurt, by the way. I looked at his numbers and the splits. He wasn't very good when George was out there. He wasn't asked to do the same things, but he's actually putting up good numbers. He's shooting the ball with confidence. I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder going up against his former teammate and Kevin Durant. He's uh-huh. he's oh, the sure. Clippers X Factor. Now I me. don't think I saw any Tory Craig in the responses. Burr. Definitely a lot of Josh Akogi. Let's start with DeAndre Ayton, though. A lot of people are pointing to him, including RC. We know what the big three can do, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, because for the most part, they are constant or consistent with what they do well. The answer is DA. If he can harness his skill and maintain focus like he did two years ago, good night, nurse. Noah Rustin, similar thought process. The ability for DA to control the paint on both sides of the ball. If he dominates Zubats, it's a sweep for the Suns. Uh, JJ is looking at campaign to be the car- uh, the Cardinals X Factor. Maybe he could help the Cardinals out too. The Suns X Factor. He needs to recreate what he did in the playoffs two years ago. Arturo Bramion is looking at the other side of things. Ty Lue's in-game adjustments. 
or the X Factor or will be the X Factor. Mario Pinedo says, DA, if he plays like a beast, we win the title. Joel says, I have no expectations for anyone outside of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. This is going to be a stressful time for you. (laughs) James Giles says, it'll be all the guys that we said we wanted to see more of and didn't. Damian Lee will shine especially bright in the Western Conference Finals against his former team, the Golden State Warriors. James Guile is calling it. A lot of Josh Akogi, as we mentioned, and then Burrow says the X Factor will be whichever Clippers guard lives rent-free in the Suns' head, a la Luca, Jose Alvarado, Pat Bev, etc., who do we think that person would be on this year's Clippers team? I don't know if they have that guy. I, right. Do they have? Westbrook, Bones Highland, Eric Gordon. Well, Bones Terrence, Highland will be busy fighting his own look, team. I like, don't have to worry about that. I like Terrence Mann. I think he's a guy who should play more for the Clippers, but mm. maybe he's that guy. I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's get to our next question. We were just talking about Cliff Kingsbury in the last segment. He is going from college to the NFL, back to college again, reportedly joining the USC Trojan staff as a senior offensive analyst. So not going full college football again with the recruiting and all that stuff, at least we don't think, but back in the college game. I want to know, guys, in a movie about Cliff Kingsbury's life, what would be the name of the movie and what would be the tagline? The movie would be Back to School 2. Oh, I like it. (laughs) I like it a lot. Uh, no triple Lindy needed would be the uh, the tagline. If you know, you know. I know. <laughs> you know. I definitely know. I don't know the tagline, but I'm voting on Vinny's Back to School, too. That's a good one. It's better okay. than anything I've come up with. Fair enough. Well, our listeners always come through here. Uh, John Waldron says, Rise to Mediocrity, the uninspiring story of a football coach who goes from ordinary to inadequate. I just want to say, I like Cliff Kingsbury as a person. I'm not trying to pile on here, but there is a theme with a lot of the responses. (laughs) The Real Bad Stallings, Real Brad Stallings, says... How to ruin a franchise in four years. The tagline, how Kingsbury and Kyler Murray ruined the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. I know. We have Goodfellow. John Alvarado is naming Kingsbury's movie Goodfellow. Appreciate that. Uh, Mr. AZ Mikey says, carried, colon, quarterbacks do more than throw for Cliff. <laughs> and then, actually my favorite from Ann Webb, the movie title, Sockless in Scottsdale. <laughs> that could go so many places. Now it's Sockless in SoCal. Yo! Perfect. All right, final question. Uh, Kevin Durant wearing Corbin Carroll's jersey last night at the Diamondbacks game. Talked about it a couple times throughout this morning's show. We're asking, who would you be most starstruck to see wearing your jersey? Your Vince Murata jersey, your Dan Bickley jersey. Wow. Could be in sports, music, one would have to Hollywood, be, whatever. One would have to exist first. Well, you know what I'm saying. We deal in hypotheticals and social studies. Yes, we do. Uh, that's a hard question. It really is. Yeah. Let's say Depeche Mode played a show. Oh. 
in Arizona. Yeah. And we're wearing Bickley and Murata t-shirts on stage. They'd never do it. And all be all. They're very about their fashion on yeah. stage. So. It, it would be like Angus Young of ACDC wearing my jersey. <laughs> That's what it would be like for yeah. me. Because I, as a high schooler, went to a Halloween party dressed as him. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had the guitar and everything. Did you do the uh, Duck did you do walk? The oh, yeah. Oh, I, so I had it all down, bro. I had it all down. A couple of responses from our listeners. Jacob would be starstruck to see Larry Fitzgerald wearing a Jacob jersey. Good pick. Yep. We've got a Michael Jordan pick from Clint from Tulsa. Charlize Theron is Daylight Films pick. That's the winner, Daylight Films. Ding, ding, ding. Seabacher 44 picks Bill Murray. Poncho says it has to be Al Pacino. You get bragging rights for the Godfather wearing your jersey. And uh, Dan V picks Keanu Reeves, who apparently is like the nicest guy in the world. I feel like a lot of stories are coming out about this man. Dan V, it's an honor to wear your jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Tremendous. I like that. Actually, I like that question. That's a good question. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, guys. Man, no food-related questions. Some solid thought. Tomorrow, it's going to be only food questions. We do have a show meeting on Thursday, don't we? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to everybody who chimed in on social studies. Phoenix Suns are back in the playoffs. We're giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Just text TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name during the 7 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and 5 o'clock hours. Tomorrow, uh, starting tomorrow, for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns. Take on the Clippers once again. That's ticket to 620-620. Coming up next, we will talk some NBA plans and what it looks like for the dysfunctional Minnesota Timberwolves. Chris Hine, who covers the T-Wolves for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, joins us next. Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NBA play-in games start tonight with a couple of 7 and 8 matchups, including one in the West, the 7-seed Los Angeles Lakers, hosting the 8-seed Minnesota Timberwolves, who've had their fair share of drama lately. Here to talk about the T-Wolves side of things, covers them for the Star Tribune, Chris Hine, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. How do you how do you put adjectives on what you've witnessed in the last few days with the Minnesota Timberwolves with players fighting on the sidelines, the punching walls, and key players now out for this game, which is a must-win for them? I mean, it, it, we haven't seen anything like this in a while. Yeah, it stretches your vocabulary um, <laughs> to, to come up with descriptors for, for everything that you kind of saw on Sunday afternoon. Um, just, you know, I actually wasn't even there. I was stuck in Austin, Texas uh, for the, from the game the day before and had flight issues and couldn't make it back in time. And I figured, what, what could go, possibly go wrong? You know, they're still going to at least have one more game after this. And then I'm sitting there watching it, and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing as everything was unfolding. Um, you know, I'll say this: the the Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gobert uh, little scuffle fight, however you want to term it. Uh, Kyle Anderson, this is kind of who he is in a way with the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. He's very candid. He's very brutally honest. Um, he and sometimes he can deliver his message in a aggressive way as as actually Rudy Gobert said recently as well that's just kind of how Kyle Anderson has been and I so on one hand it boils over and but on the other hand I don't know that the Timberwolves who have had a 
trying season. I don't know that they are where they are this season and in the position they are, if not for Kyle Anderson's play and leadership. So it's kind of a, you know, that's the price you pay in some ways, I guess, yeah. for kind of what you, what you get out of Kyle Anderson in that respect. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of mitigators here. There's a lot of people say, ah, it wasn't a punch. He, Rudy Gobert threw. It was a more of a push. It was directed to his chest. And if this is really a dust-up between, you know, a guy who can be very chirpy, did Rudy Gobert need to be suspended? Your talk about or your thoughts on uh, on why they felt compelled to keep him away and out of this game? Yeah, um, I was, I guess, I was a little surprised. I thought maybe the the sending him home at halftime uh, might have been room for them to say, "Well, we suspended him for the rest of that game, and that was enough." Um, you know, so I'm a little, I'm a little surprised that there was an extra one game suspension on top of that. Um, but obviously, I think one thing that I've gotten to know about Tim Connolly since he's taken over the presidency here in, in Minnesota is he really does value having a good locker room and having a, a good kind of workable relationship with everybody in the locker room, everybody being on the same page, holding each other accountable, and not really having anybody who's going to rock the boat in that way. So when you have an incident like this, it does call for some accountability to come down. And I think in a situation like that, maybe you'd rather err on the side of being too punitive a little bit as opposed to you know letting it slide letting him play and then setting that kind of tone for your locker room moving forward so it's not just about the playing game it's about everything that comes afterwards in your culture as a team Um, the the silver lining is Rudy Gobert was trying to play through back spasms the other day so maybe this also gives him a couple extra days to rest that back you know for when they have to play again either Friday or in the first round of the playoffs Chris Hine, who covers the Timberwolves for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. I'm, I'm, I'm completely fascinated with this story, and I read your piece on Kyle Anderson and his candid truth-telling. And I, I said this to my partner earlier. If a team, look, there's one thing about telling hard truths or, you know, maybe saying things you don't want to hear, but there's a style to do it. And if the reports are right that the language used repeatedly by Kyle language or Kyle Anderson towards Rudy Gobert are accurate, I probably would have punched him too. So tied to your last point, can you have a good locker room when you got Kyle Anderson maybe being a little bit too brutally honest? Uh, I I think so. I think that's that's part of it. It's part of the the challenge that they get every day. Mike Conley said as much after the game. Uh, it's like Kyle challenges people. We know that. That we have to react better to that. Um, was kind of the message that they commonly had to say. You need people like a Kyle Anderson in, in your locker room. You need you need people. I think at least. Um, you know, can it? Did he go over the line with that language? If it's reported to be true, I would say probably yes as well. Um, maybe he can curb that kind of stuff. Um, but I do think just in general, you need guys that are going to tell each other how it is or else you're not going to get better as a team. And for years, this Timberwolves franchise, that was one issue, I think, maybe earlier in uh, the career of a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, where I don't think teams early in his career were able to have that because I think guys were walking on eggshells. That hasn't been the case the last couple of years, and the Timberwolves have been in, they were in the playoffs last year, and now at least they're back in the play-in this year. Um, So I, I I think you need that kind of truth-telling. You need that kind of conflict from time to time. 
you need to be able to, to talk things out. Obviously, across the line on Sunday afternoon, and maybe both both Rudy and Kyle. You know, we get a chance to talk to Kyle here, hopefully in an hour or so at their shoot around, and see if he, what he has to say. But maybe everybody can kind of recalibrate how they approach that kind of dynamic going forward. Yeah, and I would think the Wolves could maybe even surprise the Lakers without Rudy Gobert because I'm not a big fan of his game, and I think the team is, has done well without him. The Jade McDaniels thing is really a shame because this is a kid. There's a there's a small set of NBA defenders who have spent a ton of time defending All-Stars primarily throughout the season. He's one of them. We saw him give uh, KD fits uh, against the Suns. Your thoughts on that? A young kid who did just, I guarantee he'll never punch a wall again. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is, you know, once the dust kind of settles from the Anderson Gobert scrap, this is the most significant loss the Wolves had on Sunday. This is the bigger news, I think, coming out of that game is they're missing a guy who is their most important defensive player, and that's including Rudy Gobert being on the floor for them a multiple-time defensive player of the year. Jaden McDaniels is their most important defensive player. Uh, His offensive game was really growing this year, especially in the second half of the season. He was really becoming a a very dangerous player for opponents. And, you know, he's due for an extension this summer. The Wolves can offer him a contract extension. And, you know, I feel bad because I think he probably cost himself some money on Sunday when he did that. Um, You know, I don't think his you know, if he if he showed up in the playoffs and played lights out basketball, that contract would have been a lot bigger than it might be uh, now. But you know, he's had this kind of competitive streak in him ever since his uh, college days at Washington. It never really showed up in the NBA like this kind of overly demonstrative way of expressing his frustration uh, until really this this past Sunday when when he went in that tunnel and, and punched that wall. I don't think he thought that there was a wall behind that. I think he thought it was padding. Oh. Um, you know, oh. I, so I, I I think that's part of it. That's but I, I don't know that for certain. Um, so you know, it, you just you just hate to see something like that when it when it was something that could easily have been so pre- preventable. Do you get the sense? And before we let you go, you know, going into this playing game against the Lakers, is this a? I mean, after all of this drama, is this a galvanized team? And do you give them a chance to beat the Lakers or maybe get out of this play in some sometime in the next few days? I do. Actually, I do. Because if there's one theme to this Timberwolves season, it's that they do what you don't expect them to do. They <laughs> will lose to the teams that you think they should beat. They were 6-10 and 10 against the bottom five teams in the league this year. <laughs> but they will beat the teams that you don't expect them to win against. Like They have a very good record against the uh, upper teams in the Western Conference this season. So... Coming into this game, I don't think anybody's really expecting them to win in the wake of what happened on Sunday. But that seems to be when they're at their best, when the expectations are kind of low and they can just go out there, play a little free. Uh, Like you said, no Rudy Gobert tonight, and maybe that helps them on offense at least. Maybe it opens up the lane a little bit for Anthony Edwards. Um, If they, you know, they have the capability of shooting the lights out of the basket on on a given night. So if guys get hot and and Anthony Edwards has it going on offense, and and Carl Anthony Towns is hitting threes from the perimeter, like there's no reason why this can't be a game tonight. Chris, thanks so much for the uh, time and the insight. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Chris Hine, he covers the Timberwolves for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. They got the Lakers tonight in the 7 8 play in game. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, one uh, prominent figure on ESPN, not giving the Suns very much of a chance in their first round series against the Clippers. We'll tell you who said what next. Strictly Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome back to Bickley Emirata Mornings on this Tuesday morning. We're going to our website, ArizonaSports.com, for our daily poll question, which is a, a vibe check about the Diamondbacks, guys. Ooh, gifts only? Gifts only. <laughs> no. Yes, I love describing gifts over the radio. That's, <laughs> that always translates. Uh, we're asking, what is your confidence level in the Diamondbacks after their 7-4 and four start, which includes four straight wins? Four options for you to vote on, Dan and Vince. Mm-hmm. Plan the parade now. I feel very encouraged. This team looks like a playoff contender. I am cautiously optimistic it is a long season, or I'm skeptical that they can keep this up. I was encouraged before the year started, but to be very encouraged and talk about playoff contender after 11 games is premature to me, so I'm going to go one tick down to cautiously optimistic. So you're going to go to C. Yeah, Yeah. I'm somewhere right between B and C, but but I do think that that that's the smarter approach. It's just too early to get too crazy about it all. So I think the answer is C. When you still have triple-digit games left. Yes. Yeah, let's pipe down a little bit. triple-digit is 151. Yeah, that's that's a big number. All right, we're voting for cautiously optimistic. It's a long season. Oh, yeah, that's where our voters are as well. 67% say they're cautiously optimistic about the D-backs this year, but we will see. 19% say they are very encouraged. This group looks like a playoff contender. 9% are skeptical about it all. 5% are getting the parade route ready. (laughs) Gather your confetti. We'll see you. Have plenty of time to make it between now and October. Thank you, Sarah. That's today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it now at ArizonaSports.com. Even without Paul George, when I look at the Clippers and I look at their depth at the wing position, when you look at Kawhi Leonard and Nicholas Batone and Covington and, and Norman Powell, and you see all those multiple guys that they could actually throw at KD and Devin Booker when you got a guy like Trey Mann. See, I'm watching yesterday, and we saw Plumlee and Bones Holland getting each other face. That's because they care. Mm. And so over the last two months, we talk about Anthony Davis, and we talk talked about Joel Embiid and Giannis and, and, Jok- and Jokic, right? But we didn't talk about Kawhi Leonard, and he has quietly been dominating the league without getting our praise. And when I look at this matchup and I look at Ty Lue, and Richard knows this, Ty Lue is one to not be underestimated when it comes down to him game planning and looking forward to these challenges. So when I look at this and I look at Russell Westbrook, who also has something to prove, I got the Clippers in six the Hendrick Perkins of uh, ESPN with some facts behind it, some strong mm-hmm. opinions there. The, uh, the 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 end part of that, he's got the Clippers in six. I think that's a surprise to hear a lot of people say that. You know, when you focus on the Clippers, 
And you look at that record. They had 44 wins, 44 and 38, one game worse than the Suns. And both of these teams had a lot of ups and downs. Both of these teams really changed the complexion of the roster at the trade deadline, uh, at different levels. Obviously, getting Kevin Durant is different from anything that the Clippers did. Um, this is a, a good basketball team. I don't know if you can rely on that many wings in a, in a postseason no, uh, rotation. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I The only... P- place it becomes problematic is where Kendrick Perkins pointed it out. And you're right. I think even though you might go, oh, that's typical smoke, that he actually put some logic behind it. They do have a lot of quasi-bigs, wings, who they could throw um, at Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in in waves in hopes of slowing them down or wearing them down over the course of a, lo- of a long series. But it might not be a long series. It might be a quick series. I think the Suns and their the ability of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to close out basketball games is going to create such stress on opponents, um, especially in fourth quarters, that 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 they're going to be a big hurdle to get over. It's And again, if you're asking me, who would you bank on, Nicholas Batum or Kevin Durant? Duh, KD. So, so I do think the Clippers will be a challenge, but everything will be a challenge in the postseason. I think this is a great matchup for the Suns. Yes, there's there's areas where I look at and go, okay, uh, the whole Ty Lue thing. Listen, I've been I've been hearing this for years. I, I've been hearing how incredible he is as a strategist, as a, a, a as as you know, X and O's wizard. Okay, I, I I guess it's true. All these people wouldn't say it if it weren't. I've never seen him impact the playoff series. Personally, but that's just me. Uh, so, will he be able to do that in this one? I, I don't know. There's a lot of I don't knows because the the sample size in Phoenix is so small, eight games, and yet it's unblemished. So, so the stiffer tests might bring out an even fiercer, even better Phoenix Suns team. You don't know. It might. Uh, we talked about X factors in this series mm-hmm. earlier. I mean, Paul George might be the ultimate X factor in all of it. He might. Uh, if he's able to come back during the course of this series, which is appearing to be more and more probable or possible, I guess would be the better word. Uh, I don't think he's going to be there for the first two games in no. Phoenix. But what, what happens then? If he's able to come in and play to a Paul George level while Kawhi Leonard is still playing well, while Russell Westbrook is playing well, that changes the whole outlook on this on this series. Mm-hmm. So I think the first two games in Phoenix are very important for the Suns to build cushion because you might get um, you know a Clippers team that is feeling desperate and mm-hmm. pushing Paul George back. If they're able to get one of those games in Phoenix, they might be feeling supremely confident that, hey, he's only going to bolster our chances to win this series. I I like the Suns in this series because of the top-heavy nature. And and when you have Kevin Durant and and Devin Booker at the top of it, um, you know that's better than what what the Clippers are offering at the top of their rotation right now. That, I think that could yeah. change. I think there's a couple things you have to look at. What's what's different and unique about playoff basketball? Slows down. We know that. Gets yeah. more physical. We know, know that. that. Um, so we're going to have to see how the Suns operate under those constraints. I think the game slowing down. I think they're perfectly equipped to handle that. The physicality. We're going to find out. We're going to find out how this team feels in the heat, getting bumped around, pushed around. I am praying to the basketball gods that the Suns do not get obsessed with officiating during this journey. Um, I, I hope that they're steeled mentally to be above that. 
Uh, then you get down to other stuff. Three-point shooting. Very, very important in, re- in the regular season. I saw a stat earlier today that um, if you look over the course of the NBA regular season, the team that had more successful three-pointers made during games won 67% of those games this year. So there's a direct correlation, not always, but but the evidence is there, that would suggest that the team that makes more three-pointers, regardless of their percentage or their usage, the team that makes the most win the most. That is not the Suns game. Now, I, I think the Suns have such elite scoring and such elite closers that the three-for-two mathematical issue it can certainly be overcome, but uh-huh. it's something that bears watching, it, which is to say the Suns' perimeter defense has to be good. Yes. Give me that percentage again. 67%. 67%. Just teams, regardless the, of shooting percentage yeah. in said games, just more raw made three-pointers that in the game won 67% correct. of the time. So wow. here you go. The team, the, the opponents, uh, so the, uh, their opponents went 762 and 379. So the teams that made more three-pointers than their opponent in the NBA went 762 and 379. Yeah, I, I wouldn't consider the Suns an elite three-point shooting team, but I also don't consider the Clippers. It kind of If you look at the, the yeah, season numbers, the Clippers averaged 12.7 makes from three per game, and the Suns were at 12.2. No, and, and on Sunday, we saw the Suns shoot the, the three ball much better than the Clippers did. So I, I think yeah. it's going to be a game-by-game thing. And, and I wasn't applying that three-point logic sure. to this series. Sure. I was just doing to the postseason in general, because I agree with you. The Clippers don't necessarily scare me from three-point territory but, either. But like, if the Suns are able to make some some hay in the playoffs mm-hmm. and you go up against a team like Golden State or yep. a team in the finals like Boston or Milwaukee that shoots and makes a ton of threes, then it could be a bigger factor. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I mean, that's a fascinating stat, but I, I'm not sure how much weight it holds I, right. here. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I want to remind you that... You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And that the Suns are back in the playoffs and we're giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text the word ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name during the 7 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and 5 o'clock hours starting tomorrow for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. That's ticket to 620-620. Some final thoughts straight ahead on this Tuesday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akchen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, song of the day. System of a Down for Song yeah. of the Day today. Okay. The toxicity of our city. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why the word toxicity is coming up, Vinny. I was focusing on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, okay. Today. That applies. That's my story, and I'm sticking to that it. That applies. <laughs> kind of a twofold reason for toxicity. The latest developments on the Michael Bidwill versus Terry McDonough situation, mm-hmm. which we covered, and you can I'm sure read about it at uh, ArizonaSports.com. 
This is a mood song. Right here. Yes. Yep, I just made up my mind. I'm in a bad mood for the rest of the day. <laughs> System of a down, yeah. toxicity, today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. It was awesome. I didn't know they were there until about the seventh inning. Um, and then I got a little starstruck myself. You know, I, I went over there to say hello to him before the game, uh, before I came back in, back in after the game. And um, Campaign is a big fan. Uh, it looks like... Katie's turning into a big Corbin Carroll fan, but I don't think there's anything cooler than that than, than you have one of the greatest basketball players of all time putting on your jersey. That never gets old, I'm sure. That is pretty cool. Kevin Durant was yeah. spotted yesterday. I got a I got a text from my son last night. You know, he works at the ballpark during the home games. And he's like, technically, I just serve food to KD. Technically. <laughs> technically. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? He's like, well, I gave it to my coworker who gave it to him. <laughs> yeah. Secondhand food service. So there's this all, all this talk about, uh, you know, the support among the fan bases. Like, if you're a Phoenix sports fan across the board, and I think it's still a pretty rare phenomenon to be completely Arizona across the board, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it doesn't register with you, but uh, Corbin Carroll was talking about it uh, last night, too. Kevin Durant wears his jersey to the game, and here he is talking about Valley teams supporting each other. Yeah, you know, I think um, campaign was kind of the first one there, right? And, like, he's been awesome um, to us. And, uh, you know, I think we just, we always appreciate that support and, you know, try and, try and reciprocate because they've got a very fun team as well. Yeah, campaign has been a big yeah. Jake McCarthy fan. That uh, that love has been uh, reciprocated. Jake McCarthy showing up to a, to a Suns game in a campaign jersey. I think it's cool when it happens. Mm-hmm. And speaking to what you spoke about and have been speaking about too, is like these sports franchises elevating each other yeah. and, and supporting each other by being good at the same time. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's the kind of that's the kind of support that you really need um that we really need these teams to do for one another and that is not just it is to be good, to be good enough to attract um stars from other teams in town. And look, there were 12,000 and change the ballpark last night. So it's it that, that's always deflating if you're a baseball player and you roll in and and you see that little energy you understand because it's a Monday night in April and, you know, school's in session and all that stuff. But you look over and KD's there, you get a lot of energy out of that, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's real cool, actually. And, you know, props to KD for caring enough. It's, it's. I, I think he's been, uh, the times that I've been at the arena, I know you've seen this, but the times I've been there, he goes out of, out of his way to sign autographs. He is really, really trying hard, in my opinion, to kind of stay in a real chill place with this market. And, and, and I think it's good. I think it's it's a good deal. Yeah, and let's face it, if the Suns accomplish their goal, that chill place is going to be <laughs> kind of the setting for a while uh, because there's been no real reason to criticize. There's been no local criticism of, of Kevin Durant yet. Yeah, was it hard to wait for him to, to play, recovering from the knee injury? Yes. Was it frustrating and, and difficult to wait in that interim when three weeks passed after the ankle injury? Sure, mm. but since he's been on the court, KDNO, as you say. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, we had Matt Miller on as well earlier today from uh, ESPN Draft Analyst, and we talked about that uh, that report that's out there. Six teams reportedly have contacted the Arizona Cardinals about uh, 
trading up to the number three pick, and Matt Miller said, yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams trying to get their hands on that pick. I think we'll see teams drop out, you know, because it's what's going to happen is the same thing that happened when the Bears wanted to trade the number one pick. It's going to get too expensive for some teams, so they're going to drop out, you know. Uh, so I, I think we could see that, you know, if you're the... If the Minnesota Vikings had picked 23, they might call and be interested as per Schefter's report. I know he didn't say Minnesota, but they might call and be like, hey, what's the price? And Arizona says, oh, to go to 23, we want three first-round picks. Okay, well, you're going to drop out, but you still made the call to inquire about it. So I think we we will – I believe we'll see a deal get done. I I do think it'll be a a very nice haul for Arizona to move out of that spot. But uh, to me, you got to stay, like I said, in that top 10 range. Look, when you've got a lot of picks, your chances of hitting with those picks goes up. And that's what Monty Austin Fort in the front office needs to do. They need to hit big on this draft. How about it? I'm talking yeah. about kickstarting this this rebuild. That would be a nice way to do it. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to Matt Miller, Shane Dunn, Chris Hine for joining us. Thanks to you for hanging out. We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 6. Wolf and Luke up next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.